baby. You happy to be here? You you haven't been here with people in the building here. in like a month. I haven't been here in a while, and this this type of setting is my favorite thing in church because you guys get like a raw, uncut version of us, and God knows what's going to be said in the next twenty minutes. Yeah, well, Marty we'll likes that in the front yeah, row. Yeah, he does like that. Yeah, we'll see. We got a little bit of an outline, but we'll see where where it goes and and what the Spirit does and where God takes us on this journey. So today. Uh, we are kicking off a brand new series that we've called Feeling the Heat. And several months ago when we were planning this series, we knew it was going to be Pastor Corey and myself up here in a kind of a panel style, just kind of preaching through this, because we, we are going to talk a little bit about, about financial things, and we'll get there. But I feel like it's great for you guys to have an opportunity to hear just the diversity within Corey and myself as we navigate through just basic principles that we feel like will help you in life. And this series was kind of birthed last year around Christmas time. As a matter of fact, that's probably why uh, maybe you were wondering and questioning what the Christmas trees in the lobby were all about. So basically, every single year, like that first Sunday of December, we usually have had it where I'll come along or Pastor Corey will come in and we'll preach a message on this Christmas, let's put like things in priority. Let's make Christmas, right, about the true meaning of Christmas and focusing on how Jesus came. Let's focus on our family and being there. Let's take it off and our attention away from all the stuff we buy and maybe the debt that we go into. But here's a problem with that. When I preach that message every single year on the first Sunday in December, that's after Black Friday. And if for anything like my wife, she had had Christmas shopping done months earlier. So anything I try to say financially or let's get in check or let's not go crazy, let's focus on the real thing this year, all the money has already been spent. So we had this idea, well, let's actually change it up a little bit and actually talk about like these kind of things in July, have like this Christmas in July setting so that we are prepared, not just go, to go into the Christmas season properly, but starting out the new year properly. Because a lot of people, right, they, they want to rechange or they want to refocus habits at the new year. They set resolutions or whatever. But what if we could be people that start in advance so we don't have to wait to make decisions? You know, I, I, I'm in conversation with people all the time, especially about um, about fitness and they're talking about goals and fitness and they're like, yeah, I can't wait. I got a few more weeks uh, of just some kind of craziness and I'm not gonna really worry about what I eat. Maybe I'll eat maybe too much over the next week and a half, but in 14 days on that Monday, starting out the new week, then I'm gonna start my diet. Then I'm gonna start everything and we're gonna be good to go. And my question always is, well, why can't you start today? Like sometimes we need to choose the pain of discipline over the pain of regret. Both of those things are painful. Discipline, I'm telling you, is painful, but it's far less painful than the pain of regret, where you get started and then you don't actually follow through with what you wanted to do. And so we're just kind of going to go through this a little bit and really speak maybe mostly to the financial side of things, but I think there will be a lot of other like great uh, uh, nuggets of wisdom that you'll find throughout this series this week and next week. And also want to say this, as we, as we approach this, this topic, paying, uh, I almost called it what I was getting ready to say, in this feeling, the heat, this also came from a conversation with Pastor D'Eric. 
because he also noticed that a lot of times, especially right after Christmas, you know, there's this huge buildup for maybe months, and then it's Christmas, and it's one day, and it's crazy, and it's all day, and then by Christmas evening or the next morning, you're like, wait, that was it? All that buildup for that? And then now I'm in, you know, whatever it is, thousands of dollars of debt, or that money could have went to something else, or, or whatever, so it feels like I'm paying for hell. That's where this series is birthed out of, and so let's get started. Yeah, this is gonna be super practical, and we're not gonna tell you what to do with your finances, okay? This is just some, really just some conversation pieces that we want you to have with your spouse, with your friends, with yourself, if you're single, just to kinda get ahead of the game, so to speak. Uh, This is like preventative maintenance, if you're married, preventative maintenance. Any married people? All right. Maybe you don't have those conversations with your spouse, and that's why yeah. we're going to talk even, about that today. We're not, yeah, and we're going to move on. So this is really just like prevent frustrations, disappointments, fear. Honestly, there's a lot of fear that's entangled with finances, a fear of lack, a fear of provision, a fear of not fitting in, right? We compare ourselves to people. Do you know how happy you would be in life if you had no one to compare your life to? So... That's all we're doing here. This is no pressure. We're not being like, hey, you have to do this, this, and this with your finances. This is just some preventative maintenance conversations that we want you to begin having now in July so that this Christmas really can be the best season ever with you mentally, physically, with your family. I know some of you don't even like enjoying your family, but what if we could begin to change the way that we view our family so that we can actually enjoy those few moments that we have with our family? Is that good? All right, so foundational verse for the series this week and next week. It's found in 1 Timothy chapter 6. It's verses 9 and 10. Check out the screen. These verses will be up there. Um, Paul writes to his spiritual son, Timothy. He says this. He says, those who want to get rich fall into temptation and a trap and into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge people in to ruin and destruction. Leave that up. Let me stop here real quick. I want you to notice he talks about getting rich. There's a difference between getting rich and building wealth. Because building wealth, we want to actually establish a legacy that can go in to build the kingdom of God. But here he's talking about those who actually just want to get get rich, and sometimes it's get rich quickly. They fall into temptations, to traps, many harmful desires, foolish things, and it plunges people into ruin and destruction. Some of this is this idea of going into debt, and we're going to talk about that kind of next week, but how the, the borrower is slave to the lender, um, and so it's into ruin and destruction. In the verse 10, many of us know this verse. We've heard this verse preached on before. He says, for the love of money, not money in and of itself, for the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. Some people eager for money have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs or other translations say, many sorrows. And so this is important for us to consider and to look at because I don't want us as a people of God to fall into this season or feeling of grief. I don't want us to carry around sorrow that we needlessly have to carry around. I want us to be able to remove all of those things from us and have a proper perspective in our finances to really rid ourselves of the sorrow that we may have around our finances. Yeah, that's so good because... The reality is, is, again, money is not bad. Get money. Get that paper, boo-boo. You know that our young people understand what that means. It, it has to come from this motive of what's, what's the purpose, what's the reason. 
And are you killing yourself to make all kinds of money and sacrificing your family on the altar of that desire? You gotta think about that. Again, it's not, it's not bad to make a lot of money. You should wanna make a lot of money. It, it becomes one of those things in your heart when it's like driving everything that you do. You sacrifice the relationships that are actually helpful to you. It's all about your own selfish desires. How can I get rich? How can I do all this? How can I go on all these trips that all my friends seem to be going on? And we just want to bring it back in. So we got two things, okay? Two simple things. You should all write these down or I will be highly offended. Two things. Number one is this, is communicate your expectations. Communicate your expectations with your spouse, with yourself, write them down because you will only be disappointed when your expectations aren't communicated. Some of you have some real Christmas expectations because of the way that you were raised and they're not wrong, but you get bothered every single year because you've never actually communicated those expectations with somebody. Christmas for me is one of my favorite seasons, but I gotta be honest, it's one of the biggest disappointments of my life every year because I never get what I want because my wife does not want to get me Air Jordan shoes, but it's the only thing I want. Is this like a plug you're doing right now? Yeah, I think six she, months in advance. I think she's nursing. So Julia, <laughs> the only thing I I'll be the happiest on Christmas if I wake up to a pair of shoes. You, I only need one, one pair of shoes. It's the only thing I want, and that determines everything for me the rest of the day at Christmas. <laughs> and you think that's petty? I can get more petty. It is, I am that simple. I am a simple human being. I don't need you to go above and beyond. I don't need all kinds of gifts. I need one gift, that's it. It was ironic though, because I never communicated that until about two years ago. So the last two Christmases, she's gotten me the shoes and it's been the best Christmas ever. Why? Because I was holding on to this expectation that she should just know because I'm a sneakerhead, but never actually communicated. There are some things that we've had with our family, like. Uh, being a married person now and having two different types of families, my in-laws and my family. It's like we had to communicate expectations to people, even though those expectations hurt people's feelings. We're like, listen, we're our own family now. We'll give our in-laws one Christmas. The next Christmas, we'll give my family. And we've switched back and forth for the last eight years. And sometimes it's frustrating, but they've kind of gotten used to it. Why? Because we had to communicate our expectations because we were feeling this pressure of, man, Christmas is just so chaotic. We got to go everywhere. How about we just communicate? We're going to go one, one year, the next year we'll go to the other ones. And all of a sudden, all that frustration that you had around Christmas, at least for my family, is kind of dissipated. Why? Because we communicated our expectations. This is also a financial piece, okay? There's nothing wrong about living on a budget. You should live on a budget. And you should have that communication with yourself, with your friends, with somebody. Hey, what is Christmas going to look like for us this year? We're close to a recession. Inflation is crazy. Are you guys communicating now about your expectations for Christmas? Maybe it's like, hey, we're just gonna go a little easy on the gifts this year. But you gotta communicate that. Hey, maybe we're not gonna buy any gifts and we're gonna go on a family vacation. You gotta communicate that. Again, there is no right and wrong answers. This is just kind of one of those runways for us to help you to begin to have those conversations now in July so that this Christmas can really be the best Christmas ever. Yeah, and of course, this isn't just for Christmas, guys. This is for every area in our life. And many of you would probably agree with me in this that really the biggest point of tension in any relationship is unmet expectation. And I heard it years ago where uh, someone was talking about 
um, how they were like interviewing like a group of people and asking them what they think the biggest cause of divorce in America is. And of course, the top two answers every single time he would ask someone would either be sex or money of the reason why people were getting divorced. And this guy kind of brought it around to say none of that is true or any other reason people give raising kids or how they're going to you know, operate in their faith and all these other things. No, it's all centered back to unmet expectation around those things because they weren't necessarily communicated and then they weren't agreed upon. And so this idea of uh, communicating our expectation is huge. And real quick, I'm just actually going to share a story um, that just happened last night. And don't worry, babe, I'm going to throw myself under the bus on this one. I sure hope so. She's looking so, at you pretty. Yeah, I know. Like, what are, you, what are you getting ready to say? But no, this is about me. Yesterday, I take my second son, Malachi. We go up to Indianapolis. He has a soccer uh, tournament up there with, uh, with Floyd Central. And so I leave the house at around 830 in the morning. The, the first varsity team plays at around 1030. We're watching the game. I'm connecting to the families that I know. A great day. We go out to lunch, come back. Malachi um, has his game. We, has, we have to be there at 2. The game's at 3. So I'm just telling all this stuff to let you know it's been a long day. So he has his game at 3. It's over with at around 4.30. We load up. We drive all the way back. So I get home at about 6.30. So I've been gone at this point 10 hours. Well, Melanie was off at her cousins or her brothers because uh, they were celebrating her nephew's birthday party. So I just text her. I'm on my way home. My ETA is around 6.30. She said, okay, this party starts at 5.30. Not sure when I'll get home. So I'm just home chilling. Malachi, you know, gets something to eat, and he goes crashes or does whatever he does. So I'm just sitting alone at the house, and it's about 8.30 now. Now it's been 12 hours since I've seen my wife. I'm kind of like, what, what, what's going on? Where's she at? And so I'm just kind of waiting for her to get home. So she gets home. She comes in. The boys, the younger two, say hey. They go to the rooms, and then Melanie kind of comes in, says, says hello, and then she goes off to the bedroom. And I'm thinking, okay, she's going to change clothes or whatever. She'll be out in no time, and I really want to ask her how her day went. I want to tell her about how my day went. I want to tell her about what Malachi did in the game. and all, like, I want to just share life with her. I, I, I missed her, honestly, and I just wanted to communicate and have this conversation with her. So I, I wait a little bit, and she's not coming out. I'm like, okay. And I was, I was, there was a, the TV on in the background. I'm just letting you know. So, so I'm like, okay, what's going on? Ten minutes pass. Man, okay, maybe, maybe she's using the bathroom. I'm just going to give her some time. This is a little too much, maybe. Well, a ten-minute bathroom break? So, no, I'm just saying, change clothes. I don't know what she's doing. So then 20 minutes goes by. 25 minutes, I'm like, okay. So I turn off the TV, and I get up, and I guess she heard the TV go off, and then she, so she comes in. Well, she had been in there. She was just kind of winding down for the day. She loves to read. So she just lay down, started reading. And I'm like, you were reading? I've been waiting here now for 12 hours. And you're in the bedroom reading. And I wanted to communicate with you all day. How dare you do that? And I'm going to be honest. I was not so nice in this conversation. I kind of blew up a little bit. But it's because I didn't communicate anything. I could have said, hey, I can't wait till you get home. Can't wait to unpack the day with you. Or when she walked in, hey, babe, come sit down on the couch. I want to tell you how the day went. I want to hear about how your day went. But instead, I didn't communicate any expectation. And it's, I boiled to a point of frustration, which then, I'm going to be honest, it, it kind of did turn to, to anger just a little bit. And I'm like, what in the world? And I'm fuming. And I'm just like, oh, my gosh, this is all. Well, I didn't have this revelation. Melanie gave me the revelation. She said, you should have just communicated what you wanted 
you would have told me that to come down girl, and sit on Mel. the couch, I would have come down and talked to you. Come on, let's give it up for Mel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so this idea of like communicating our expectations, it's huge in every area of life, especially though around our finances. For sure. Communicate your expectations. Number two, here's the second thing you should write down. Create a plan. That's simple. Communicate your expectations. Create a plan. And some of you, by creating a plan, it's no plan, and that works for you. Whatever, as long as that's communicated. But create some type of plan. You have to remember what is, I like to use the word unique. You gotta stay unique to you because we're all human beings, but we're all uniquely different. We all have different love languages. We all have different goals. We all have different drives. You gotta stay true to yourself. So figure out what is best for you individually. Figure out what is best for you collectively as a family. Create a plan around that, around Thanksgiving, around Christmas, around, hey, we got school coming up in like a week. And you want to avoid Walmart at all costs over the next two weeks, okay? Or Target or wherever. It's just crazy. Veterans Parkway, I don't even want to be on Veterans Parkway over the next two weeks. It's just crazy. Why? Because people are getting back to school. So guess what? If you're going to go out, just expect traffic and don't get frustrated about it or find some back roads or order online. Create a plan because without a plan, you will always fail every time. And even Dave Ramsey says this in their Financial Peace University. He says, uh, without a plan, what, what does he say? Ex Did he say already what I said? I don't Without know. a plan, he, he I forgot what he says. Take the class. It's really good. Yeah, I Obvious, think he probably says, it might be a famous saying. Obviously, it's meant a lot to me. If you fail to plan, then plan to fail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's not Dave yeah. Ramsey. I don't know who that is. Whatever. It's been around for a long time. Somebody. If you just say, like, if is, yeah. No one really fact checks you on quotes. So you could just say Dave yeah. Ramsey. Well, just attribute it to me every time. And we'll be good. And that'll puff me up and make me feel good, too. What is it? What is it? If you don't, if you fail to plan, you'll plan to fail. <laughs> if you fail to plan, plan to fail. Plan I, to I, fail. I want to speak to this just for a minute, especially this idea of uniqueness and not comparing, because I've been doing a lot of just like soul searching. You guys heard a couple of weeks ago in my "Just Say It" message. I'm trying to figure out, but I'm I, I'm at this tension because. I'm just trying to do this with the Spirit's help. I'm not trying to copy what somebody else is doing in church. I'm not trying to copy the ministry down the street that might appear successful. So if they're successful, we'll just do that and I'll do that. I'm really trying to find what is unique to us. And I think this is especially important in our finances to not compare, to get what the Spirit is saying to us in our finances because maybe he's asking us to give a certain amount and wants us to contribute and be a part, not only give our finances, but give our time to certain ministries or certain people. Or, or maybe there's a ministry that he's birthing in your life right now and that is what you're to give to. And I, I go back to um, after Jesus' resurrection and I've been looking at this story just all week long uh, he's talking to Peter, and of course, Peter had rejected him, said he didn't know him, denied him, and just Jesus comes to him, ministers to him, loves on him, and basically, he, you know, tells him, you know, do you love me? Yes, Lord, I love you, Peter says, and eventually, they go on, and he restores him, and then the very first thing that Peter does is he looks at the disciple John, and he asks Jesus, well, because he just hears Jesus tells him, look, you're, you're going to come back, you're in the, you know, you're, you know, we're in right relationship, we're good, but just know this message that you carry of the kingdom and of the gospel, you're gonna have, you're gonna be, you're gonna be killed, you're gonna be crucified. 
and he's like in this moment and he looks over and he sees John and he says, well, well Lord, what about him? And he wanted to know what, what's going to happen with John. Is he going to have to face the same fate that I'm facing? And Jesus says, what's that to you? What's that to you? What if I want him to remain until I come again? Like, you don't worry about that. You just focus on what I want you to do. And I think that's true and important in all areas of our life. What is the Spirit saying to you uniquely in finances, in relationships, in direction in life? Don't look around. Remember a couple weeks ago, too, in that, in that message, I talked about the whatever. God's asking you about your whatever. Whatever you do, do it as unto the Lord. Whatever you do, do it with all of your might. Whatever that is. You get creative because God's put creativity in you. You plan out your life, your next steps, and even in finances, and then do that in alignment with the Spirit, and then watch as you get this place, get to this place of real, authentic peace that He wants to give you. Yeah, because yeah, without intentionality around creating a plan, you'll never be generous, ever. Generosity is one of those things that you have to be intentional about. In fact, in 2017, my wife and I, we said, man, so we're generous to this church, we're generous to a couple other ministries, but we wanted to be generous to specific individuals. You know, you see a lot of needs going around, and if you don't have a plan in place, you'll never be able to be generous to individuals when you see them, or you'll never be able to be generous to a place where it actually impacts their life without a plan. And so we got a couple friends together five years ago, and we said, hey, we want to give this specific amount every year to a couple people. And so we had a several people jump on board. And this has been like one of my favorite things to do around Christmas time is to specifically bless somebody financially. It's because we got a plan in place and we already had that money saved in January the year before. So it's easy to give above and beyond when you have a plan established. And this year we're doing something on top of that. We've got a couple friends. We're going to go out to dinner uh, sometime in December, and we're each going to leave a $100 tip for the waiter or waitress. It's just one of those simple plays that you can just be extra generous in with a plan because you're intentional about it. Okay, we're going to go to this restaurant. Whoever gets us is going to be lucky that night because they're going to be rolling in the dough. You know what I'm saying? And it's a super simple way to bless somebody else in this season, and it's not gonna frustrate our financial goals, it's not gonna frustrate our financial plan, why? Because we've already created the plan. Is that good? And so two simple things, again, this isn't like super spiritual stuff, but it will affect you spiritually. You have to be intentional. So one, communicate your expectations, and two, then create a plan that's unique for your family. Yeah, and speaking of creating a plan, I, I wanna say one more thing, two things actually. I heard a long time ago, and I don't know who said it, so I'll say that I said it. A dream, you might have a dream for your life and what you want to be doing. A dream without a plan is just a fantasy. And I don't want us to live in fantasy world. I want us to live a life where we see our dreams realized, our dreams come to reality. And sometimes that does not happen without the plan that Pastor Corey's talking about. And again, what I do, I just go back to Scripture all the time. That's just who I am. It's what I do. But I'm thinking about the story of the Good Samaritan. And you know the story. He comes by helps the man, you know, patches his wounds, puts him on the, his own donkey, takes him to the inn, and he says what? Whatever, whatever charges he incurs, I'll be back and I'll pay all of his expenses. Well, he's not able to do that unless he is financially set to be able to do that. Broke people can't do that for people. Even if they want to, they just physically, or not physically, what's the word? Uh, just practically can't. Financially, they just can't. And so when you get a plan and actually put some things in place. It allows you the opportunity
to become generous people. And one of the core values here is we give generously, not just here, but to the world with our finances and of our lives. It's good stuff. Close us out. Okay, I thought you were going to go You said you had two things. You only gave one. No, the dream without a plan is reality, and I told the Samaritan story. Oh, that was two. Two things. Yeah, just, to get a plan. Just making sure you're on top of it. Yeah, so no, that's okay. I, I'll close this out. So this idea, and, and really when we're talking about just approaching Christmas, approaching these conversations of expectation, I think the biggest piece, or yeah, the biggest piece that'll bring peace. Yeah, that makes Look sense. Look at you. Quote him. Somebody yeah. hashtag Shannon Bennett, <laughs> the banty. Yeah, the biggest piece that will bring peace in this is this idea of what well, we really never even said. We had two C's, communicate expectation, create a plan, and then the third C. So go ahead and write this down. Live with contentment because contentment is huge. As a matter of fact, we read to you First Timothy Nine, six, nine, and 10, and we talked about how for the love of money is the root of all, of all kinds of evil. And if you actually read the verse that comes right before that, 1 Timothy 6, 6, this is actually what it says as the context of approaching the love of money. He says, but godliness with contentment is great gain. You know, especially in our finances, we, what we, we think about it in terms of right gain or loss. And a lot of times, many of us, are losing, but we're losing because we haven't had a proper perspective of contentment. Because if we can get that right, if we can get the contentment piece right, Paul said, I've learned the secret of success in life. I've learned the secret. You want to know the secret? Whether I have plenty or whether I have lack, I've learned the secret is I can do all things through Christ. Why? Because I'm content with where I'm at in life. I have contentment. And when you have contentment, especially around your finances, you don't live in what I call destination addiction. And that is where if I get to this place, then I'll be happy. If I have this amount of money, then I'll be happy. If my 401k can go to this, then I'll be happy. If I get that job, then I'll be happy. We need to start learning contentment and joy in whatever season that we're in in the current moment. Is that so good stuff? Contentment. That's good stuff? All right, here's what we got. We're gonna close. We are uh, possibly thinking about doing the nine-week Dave Ramsey class. We're gonna see if there's interest. If you're interested in that, we have a sign-up sheet right on our info desk, right in the lobby. It's that middle desk right there. Put your name, your number, your email. We'll give you some more information over the next coming weeks. If we're gonna do that this fall, we'd love to gauge that interest though first. Cool? Yeah, so it's called Financial Peace University. We've offered it several times through the last decade. We're hoping to start another class another group this fall along with providing other opportunities of connection within life groups and connect groups this will just be one of those and so if you want to get peace around your finances and put some things in place and to get help with an actual plan this class is for you and, and you'll hear more about this next week as we will unpack the plan that Dave Ramsey lays out, which we're big believers in, but also if you come back next week and listen, you also hear why I think there's parts of Dave Ramsey's plan that I actually don't agree with. You'll get to hear my disagreements with Dave Ramsey, but also find out what works, wow. what doesn't work. Wow. Yeah. Hope to see you next week. You're loved, and there's absolutely nothing you can do about it. We'll see you guys next week.